Hello and welcome back to Jeff. My name is Tyler Andrew Pino. And my name is Michael Holler. Thank you once again for joining us. Okay, so Michael, there's this movie that came out. Um, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. The The is there is very important. It's it's like when you get to uh, you know this kind of is this makes me wonder uh, all these movies with all these titles. Like you ever look at the Fast and Furious movies, right? And it's like you get to a Not point. Often. You get to <laughs> you get to a point where they change just the the words around. It was funny. Uh, I think the new one's out too, right? The new one's called um, F9. I think is just what it's called. And I don't know if they they realized that it was their fan base was just like the the attention span wasn't there to get through the fast and the furious. Mm-hmm. The attention span wasn't there to get through fast five. So they're like, how the fuck we make it shorter? Um, it's a lot of reading to do. It's a it's lot of a lot responsibility of that you're putting on your audience. Yeah. No, I'm I'm yeah for an audience that probably wouldn't be there to read in the first place. Uh, I'm wholeheartedly convinced the Fast and Furious movies, eventually, they're going to get to the point and it's going to be the first movie to be released where it doesn't have a title. It's just like a, a gruff kind of grunting noise, and that's just the title of the movie. Yeah. Well, the, this most recent one, I guess, is named after a key on your keyboard. F9. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that button does. Anyway, what I think is interesting about these movies well, with the it's the, fu- the it's funny because the F nine on the MacBook is the fast forward button. So oh, is I don't it? Know, I just get through it. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. Yeah. Um. So no, I. It's an interesting thing that they're doing with these movies. They, I, I look at it passively. The Fast and Furious like, movies. No, just the movies with the word V in the title to differentiate it from the other, uh, shittier version of the of the franchise. Like, like um, Fast and Furious and The Fast and The Furious. Possibly. But what I mean is um, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to think of it as he's saying, like, no, no, no. This one's The Suicide Squad. The other one, don't worry about that. And they're doing it's the same like, thing with this new Batman movie. With Batman, It's called yeah. The Batman. Which, I mean, you know, missed opportunity to call the movie The Caped Crusader, but... Whatevs. Yeah... I I have a feeling that tonally that's not going to be a caped crusader type movie like the kind of movie it's, where it's that totally would be a duh. Yeah, it's They're looking like they're doing another serious take on it, which is fine. I think that the trailer looks really good. Um the this one is trailer we got that, like a year and a half ago, right? Well, you know, the whole world shut down because we had a plague, but <laughs> Um well the, the world the world mostly shut down. A few people were like, "Not real. That is fake." Yeah. No, I mean, I can't tell if it's real or false. They say people died, but people, you know, die all the time. People say things people. all the time. But anyway, what I like about this The Batman movie is they seem to be going in the direction of, like, making the Riddler, like, Jigsaw from Saw. Kind of like they did in um, the Arkham games. Where, maybe just one of them? Was it only in Arkham... Arkham Knight, Asylum? where no, he was. He had the Arkham. You had uh, he was... the Joker uh, trials, right? Not the Joker. The Riddler trials. The Riddler in Arkham trials. Asylum, right? I don't think that you did. I think you just found Riddler trophies and stuff in Arkham Asylum. In Arkham City and in Arkham Knight, there were trials. There's definitely okay. an Arkham Knight where it's like a whole storyline with him and Catwoman. Do you ever? Uh, you ever actually finish that Catwoman. game, or did the Batmobile just kill that momentum for you? As soon as I figured out that they buried the ability to drive the Batmobile, um, not like a giant piece of shit, 
uh, I was able to finish the game, and it was it was quite nice. Uh, I don't know why the default settings for the Batmobile were the worst thing. Like it was the worst thing that's ever happened. Was it worse um, than and the I say that seriously. Suicide Squad? Yes, much worse than that. Um, <laughs> much worse than World War Two. Uh, much worse than like the burning of the Library of Alexandria. Uh, worse than various genocides. It was a bad control scheme. Um, you couldn't drive the fucking car. But then, you find out, you go into, like, the start menu, and in start menu, there's another menu buried under that, and then another thing buried under that, and then another thing buried under that, and for some reason, it says, oh, change the the, the control scheme on the, on the Batmobile to make <laughs> you be able to, like, drive it. Um, I don't know if people had that problem on PC, because it's a whole different. Well, if scheme, I remember correctly, but... I remember the game didn't work on PC for the longest time. Like, didn't like they have to take it down because they didn't port it properly. Oh something? yeah, they released it broken. <laughs> um, that was the thing. You're right. That was the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Bad bad news all around. So, I'll so tell you what's it wasn't the... better on PC is the answer. <laughs> it would break your PC. Um. But I'll tell you what wasn't bad news, Michael. I enjoyed this James Gunn uh, Suicide Squad movie. I did too. Uh, I I did quite a lot. Um, before we get into it, I, I've got to say, like, is there anything about the original Suicide Squad that you you liked? Just in general, is there anything that you enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be the kind of person that just unilaterally shits on the movie. Um, there yeah, there's are already 99% that... of people that do. Yeah, I'm actually, yeah. I'm actually quite surprised. There is actually a pretty disparaging difference between the, uh, the people who hate that movie and the people who really like that movie. Yeah, that's not surprising. Um, it's the same with BVS, right? There is a small contingency of, um, based Snyder chads that love everything that early DC did, um, and they kind of don't like this newer direction. Actually, no, they're probably fine with movies like Joker, right? They just don't like... They didn't like Justice League, but who did? Well, I forgot about Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, I realized we didn't talk about Joker on the last podcast. We didn't talk about Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Or... Yes, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey was a missed yeah. opportunity. However, technically, like, Joker's not part of the DCEU. That was our, our, our goal of that episode. We could talk about Joker at some point, because we never have on this podcast right? that's fine I, I i'm 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 happy to let that movie be forgotten to the annals of history i'm happy that people Ooh, stop talking like about it i'm happy i don't see any shit on instagram <laughs> about it anymore like i just want to be done with it i want to be done with it and move on with our lives but here we are dwelling on all the fucking dceu movies talking about man of steel and suicide squad like we haven't left uh the shitty apartment in the middle of manhattan yeah i mean i i look i liked the joker movie um i didn't think it was the best thing ever uh, and it wasn't really a Joker movie, and I think that's what I liked about it. Um, had you not called that character the Joker, it could have just been its own little standalone sort of homage to, you know, 70s exploitation films, um, or Scorsese films in particular. But, yes, you know, I like Suicide Squad. <laughs> it's like Taxi Driver, but worse. Mm-hmm. Or King of Comedy, but worse. The elements that I did like in the original Suicide Squad really only just came down to the performances, I guess. Like, I liked Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Um, I liked, uh, 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 what is her name? 
that plays Amanda Waller. Starts with a V. Viola Davis? Viola Davis. There you go. Liked her in that. I liked her much better in this. Um, yeah, well, it's, it feels like she had, like, material to... Like, everyone across the board, I feel like they have more material to work with in this. Uh, like, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was an excellent choice from the get-go. And for some reason, I didn't really like her uh, in the first Suicide Squad. And I, I'm, I'm going to chalk it up down to the, the, first the character being written that way. Um, Birds of Prey was enjoyable. Uh, but I feel like this was this was kind of the first movie where she's given a lot more material to work with, just as a character. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so I, th- I thought her performance as Harley Quinn was probably best in this. Um, and I, I don't know how many movies Margot Robbie is contracted for, but I hope it's more. Yeah, I... I, I... I would assume that she's kind of the de facto face of the DCEU at this point. Um, now that all of the other characters are... I don't know what their status is. I don't know if we're ever going to see they couldn't, they Cavill couldn't come get back. They Superman back for Shazam, right? Um, presumably, because we didn't see his face. <laughs> I was just shot from the neck down. <laughs> Superman from the neck down. My, my friend yeah. was like, oh man, you're going to really enjoy the cameo in the Suicide Squad. And I went, is it Superman from the neck down? <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was the other gun. Not the one that what? killed Bruce Wayne's parents. I mean, like, the other oh, gun. Oh, the, the other gun. Um, like, James Gunn's relative? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Did you, uh, well, he's the guy who does Rocket Raccoon, like, the mocap. He did the mocap for the weasel as well. Um, oh, really? Okay. Oh, I like yeah. that character. Well, he, he he also had a, a brief cameo as a uh, the Calendar Man in uh, in this movie. Is was that really supposed to be the Calendar Man? Apparently, like he had the fucking calendar things tattooed on his forehead. Yeah, I noticed. I, I, I that caught my eye as I was watching the movie. It's very early on when they're in the um, the prison. Prison. Yeah. Um, and. The first thing I thought I was like, Sean oh, is that Victor Zaz? And I, then I was like, oh, no, it's not Victor Zaz. It's only got the one thing. I didn't even think Calendar Man. Because I don't think that they would waste him for that movie. I mean, no, where the, aren't they? Like, presumably we should be getting Calendar Man in this new Batman movie, but they're kind of replacing him with Riddler, right? It well, looks okay, like they're doing so a long like, Halloween type thing. Like at, the, like, at the same time, like, how many fucking Batmans and how many fucking Jokers do we have in the DCU right now? Like, having two Calendar Mans isn't that much of a stretch. Well, we like, shit, technically did, did, have did... no Jokers in the DCU at the moment, um, because the That's other one true. didn't we count. Got, we got, we got Jared Leto, uh, because technically he's in the Zack Snyder's Justice League 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, yeah, but Joaquin Phoenix, I don't think that they're in the same universe. Yeah, so, I mean, at this point, we're exploring the DC multiverse. Yeah. Didn't, didn't they make reference to the multiverse at some point in uh, in Suicide Squad? Uh, in this one? Did they? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. Possibly. I'm Suicide sure there were many Squad. things that went over my head. Because I watched this film at home. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the, uh... The, uh... Shit, I just got a text message. You derailed my whole train of thought. It's okay. I could cut this out. Yeah. Probably yeah, won't. it's the glory of editing. What if 892? Okay. Um. Fuck was I just talking about? Suicide Squad. Yeah, um. 
because I mean, looking back at that 2016 one, like there are some things I kind of like because I, I do like that it does feel inclusive of the world. And I think you were the one that mentioned it uh, initially when we saw it, where it's like it, it does feel like a world that yeah. Batman exists in. Like, you know, Deadshot's walking around the corner and fucking Batman just drops down into the alleyway or Captain Boomerang's yeah. robbing a bank and the Flash rips ass around the corner. Not, he doesn't fart. He like tears ass around the corner. Uh, that doesn't sound any better. Uh, he comes around the corner. Uh, it's getting even worse. Uh, the Flash appears uh, and arrests Captain Boomerang. He eats ass around the corner. I didn't even know what that would mean. Yeah, but, you know, like, the, the world feels more occupied um, in that, which is, is kind of nice. Like, I don't I don't think it necessarily helps the film as a whole. Um, no, I would consider that, like, an Easter egg type affair. But it, does, it did serve to make the world of the DC extended universe feel like it was one thing. Yeah, um, it, it that served you to make it be walking feel down the street in Gotham and see the Batmobile go by. And uh, we've never really had that in a movie. Um, yeah. We've never really like had a cameo from another superhero in the other superheroes movies. I feel like they don't even really do that much in Marvel. They they started uh, to Strange in like phase in 3, Thor. yeah. But that was like later on and it would always be like a stinger, right? Like yeah. uh we had I, Does it count Hawkeye in the first Thor movie? I guess technically, but who gives a fuck about Hawkeye? That's the I thing. Mean, it's like, I mean, he, yeah, he was there, to, but they, they seem to be confident enough in Hawkeye to give him his own Disney Plus series. Mm-hmm. That's probably where you should explore a character like Hawkeye. I, I, I like these Disney Plus versions of movies. Like, I didn't see Black Widow, but I have no interest in seeing it. Simply because it's like I don't need that it might have been a little bit more interesting if it was disney plus if uh, they did something like her backstory i guess they do a little bit of her backstory in this but i didn't fucking watch the movie michael i don't know no i didn't i didn't watch the movie either i i actually hadn't been aware that the movie had been released recently i was under the impression that it came out and everyone's seen it already uh mm-hmm. and i saw the the ads like now in theaters i'm like what the fuck like, now, like, it feels like I fucking traveled into the goddamn future for a second. Like, I, I feel like I've seen this movie already, because uh, I saw the trailer come out so long ago. <laughs> I feel like I know what happens in the movie. She, I mean, you know, she she dies in, in Endgame. So, I mean, we we yeah. know how that story ends. We, we know her character's not going to make some big revelation in the course of the film. It's going to be pretty static. So, I mean, what's really the point? It just felt so obligatory. Like, she had one more movie in her contract, and they were like, well, I guess we have to do something. Um, and I think that's literally what happened, isn't it? I, you know, I would uh, I would be led to assume so, because I feel like it's one of those ones where everyone's seeing the characters heroic and in Avengers Endgame made them go, oh, man, I really like that Black Widow character. And Marvel went, oh, shit, you know what? Might have missed an opportunity there. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, but but yeah, here we are, the Suicide Squad. Five years later, five six years mm-hmm. later, something like that from the last iteration. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, did it strike you as weird that they essentially um, just swapped out Idris Elba from Will Smith? Uh, very much so, and it also felt weird. I may have missed this, but like, did they even reference Will Smith at all? They did not. Um, they did not reference him at all. Uh, I and I, I don't like. Did did Will Smith not have a multi picture deal signed? Was it just a singular contract? Um, because it's literally the and and 
I love Idris Elba, um, and I, mm-hmm. I think his character of Bloodsport, uh, nice. if I believe Francis Francis Dubois, I think is his name. Uh, yep. I, I I love the way that that character was implemented and exists in this world a lot more than I did Will Smith as Deadshot in uh, Suicide Squad. Not that you know Will Smith was bad or anything. It was just you know he's he's exactly what you kind of expected him to be in that movie. Um, yeah, he feels like Will Smith in a movie. Like the fact that he's uh, Deadshot is incidental yeah um, which i mean is but, fine because i like will smith but still it's it's yeah. conspicuous in that movie yeah it was it was just a little suspect uh having a character motivated by his daughter in the 2016 <laughs> suicide squad movie have a completely different character motivated by his daughter in the 2021 justice uh suicide squad movie so so at yeah, no point it, did i i think like could you just not use the same character is, is there it, it's gotta have been a contractual thing but um i am quite happy about it because i do love me some idris elba um mm-hmm. this will be the second dc movie he's in isn't it because wasn't he in the losers as well oh yeah he was um yeah there's a lot of things in this movie that feel kind of like clean up a literal commentary on the last movie like, um, I don't want to say it's like an F to it. Yeah. Um, but it, it, using him in this way, it almost feels like they wrote the script assuming Will Smith would be back, but then at some point he dropped out and they had to recast. And they're like, well, we may as well just, you know, it, it's going to be the same character. But it also felt like they were commenting on that because the Peacemaker, I mean, they literally have a joke. Where uh, like they're talking about how they're the same thing, basically. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what this movie kind of highlights is just how many... Um, w- w- when you look at the way that they're utilizing these characters and the characters that they're choosing to utilize, these sort of, like, you know, trash bin characters that have just been, you know, in the basement at DC Comics for a long time mm-hmm. that nobody's ever thought of in the last 40 years... Well, I mean, um, like, even, even what you see with comic books, well, what you see with comic books is that so many of them are archetypal, and so you're going to have characters that okay, I, my thing is I shoot really good, um, and it's just the, there's 40 versions of that character between DC and Marvel. There are probably a hundred versions of that character. It cuts to the um, De- Deathstroke, Deadpool thing, where well, the origin fair, of the Deadpool, Deadpool character was yeah. I mean, the same thing happened with uh, with Thanos. Thanos was a, a riff on Darkseid, like, initially, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, like, e- even going back further than that, I mean, that's a that's a whole thing, like, in the comic books. Because uh, wasn't uh, it the Green Arrow who was necessarily, like, he wasn't a DC invention? He was made by another smaller comic book company that DC eventually absorbed? Yeah, I believe uh, that's right. And and so the, the whole idea behind the Green Arrow being, like, this billionaire playboy philanthropist. He was uh, Batman, yeah. Yeah, he's he's essentially Batman, but with a bow and arrow. And he watched the show Arrow, and they're like, fuck, what Green Arrow stories should we do? And the people in the writer's room are holding all the stacks of Batman comics going, kind of what stories we should do? Right. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we have this great story where he goes trains with, uh, with Ra's al Ghul, and Ra's al Ghul wants him to take up, he wants him to be the new head of the, the League of Shadows. <laughs> and we're like, oh, right. That sounds familiar. Where, yeah, that sounds a little familiar. Where are you getting that from? Like oh I, I don't know it's like oh yeah you know you will have Simpsons Deathstroke in here. 
classic Arrow villain. Do you know how uh, Green Arrow's parents died originally? Oh, wasn't like, it something silly? I believe it was something silly, wasn't it? They got eaten by lions. They were on safari in Africa, and they got eaten by lions. Perfect. See, I don't know no, why his no, motivation no, wasn't have, to become have a like lion a lion man. That would, that'd be that. That'd be that fucking. Thing. Yeah, you would think he would have like a lion theme, but he doesn't. He's just like, I'm gonna be a Robin and that's how we guy. Got White Panther. <laughs> <laughs> they should do it. They All right, it. that's it. I peaked for the podcast. See you later. <laughs> Good night. Um, but no, so, so we, we have, we have characters that was actually, um, how did, how did you find the humor in this movie? Um, I, I, I okay. watched it twice. Um, yeah. cause typically like where, where the guardians films died for me was upon that second viewing. Um, yeah. because I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of Marvel humor and especially those two guardians of the galaxy movies, like so much of the joke is reliant upon the punchline that once mm-hmm. you see the punchline coming, uh, it kind of ceases to be funny. Uh, and that's what kind of separates it from like some of the Edgar Wright films where you see where it's 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 heavily reliant on visual comedy and like the the way the camera and the scene is set up, or or even barring uh, Edgar Wright's comedies like fucking crazy stupid love is still funny every time I watch it. Granted, mm-hmm. it's not that frequent, uh, but it's still funny every time I watch it um, because of the moments that is set up. Um, with the Suicide Squad, there's maybe one or two jokes that fall flat uh, after its first viewing. Uh, yeah. But the majority of it stands up. Like, the, the only up. one I can kind of think of being like, oh, this joke is straight up not funny the second time around is the uh, the joke towards the beginning where uh, Ratcatcher 2 points it in the corner and she's like, what is that? Like, it's an overhead projector. Like, do you use it? I'm like, not really. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that felt a little bit out of place. Um, It was funny. I, I only watched the movie twi- uh, once, so I didn't have that sort of experience the humor in the movie by and large works for me um yeah well a lot of it too doesn't even like i don't know if it's necessarily intentional but it came across as really fucking funny to me um and that's i don't know i just kind of the morbid humor about it like when uh what's is his name pete davidson uh when the dude in the beginning yeah. uh just gets shot in the face immediately mm-hmm. like i thought that that was fucking hilarious you saw the movie super right yeah yeah with Rain so yeah it's and, like uh, the scene with it's, it's, it's nearly the Page. same scene yeah but it's played for laughs in this one in the um in that movie god i remember oh, like horrific. when i was watching that like i was watching it by myself like on netflix i didn't see it when it came out i saw it much later um and i was just kind of like home bored scrolling through netflix and i'm like oh i'll watch this and yeah it was fucking horrifying like it it made me feel something like it, a visceral reaction yeah because um, it, it took this uh this comical story that was at points a com- i mean that movie does that really well yeah. a lot of times like when uh when he comes no, in, i love that movie so much it's one of my favorite of the... uh superhero movies in general but yeah well on. there's a there's a you ever you ever watch the movie the voices with uh with ryan reynolds yeah yeah the one where he's like a serial killer yeah that's the one um it it, it jumps back and forth uh a a few times and it does it quite well uh between having this kind of like serendipitous happy-go-lucky thing and then it smacks you in the face with the reality of the situation and the Mm -hmm. whole world kind of comes crumbling down as you realize actually how sad and pathetic everything is um and it does that really well in in super uh because it gives you this kind of like superhero story and it's got this kind of not whimsical but like 
you know, there, there's a tone to it. And then when it finally hits you in the face with the consequences of what these real actions would yeah. incur, like, it, it hurts. And it, it makes you painfully aware of the circumstances and how messed up they are. Um, yeah, and just the, it, um, the, the way it happens visually, like, there's something about it where it's so... It's such, like, an insignificant thing until you realize what happened like you see bullets fly um you see them both get down and you're like oh okay so they ducked and then you see her face and it's it's uh half fucking blown off spoilers um and it it's it it feels there's something about it that feels real it feels like uh it feels like you're watching like uh like a horrific gore video on youtube they don't put those on youtube um on wherever they post those you remember back in the day where they would just show up like randomly in your feed and you'd click this and you'd be like, oh my god, this is a person dying. Um, <laughs> Thankfully, no. But that was like, yeah. Like, yeah to you're, be fair, you're, you're like a little in bit your late 60s. So. Yeah. So in the early days of the internet, that would happen. Like people would just, it, it used to be like a troll thing. People would post these videos um, under the, it was kind of like a, a, a scary version of Rickrolling. Like um, you'd get tricked <laughs> into watching these things. But, uh, it, it was a similar feeling that I got to actually, like, seeing those kind of videos where it's just, like, it, it hurts you in your soul, and you're like, that is so fucking terrible. I can't, like, it doesn't feel like a movie. It felt real, um, I guess is what I'm trying yeah, to say. I, well, yeah, and so it was no, really I, effective. Yeah, no, it's, it's, there's definitely movies that, like, like, I mean, like, horror movies. Like, I enjoy a lot of horror movies, but a lot of more horror movies kind of stop at being movies themselves. Um, there was a movie called Green Room. Uh, with Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Uh, so, Patrick and Stewart. Patrick Stewart, yeah. And that movie was terrifying because it didn't feel like a movie. Like, that felt like someone recanting a tale of how their fucking friend disappeared one weekend. Um, yeah. And that made it seem... It's a really good movie. ...horrific. Uh, yeah, like, that. that is the kind of horror that, like, it, it feels more visceral because it feels tangible. Um, yeah, that director's got a couple of those. He did one that was, like... He did one that was similar to like you know what Cannibal Holocaust is the that's like a faux documentary. Oh but... yeah 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 yeah. The, didn't didn't they actually have to uh, the filmmaker had to like prove in court that his actors were still alive? Isn't yeah. that the story? Yeah, he got um, held up at customs, um, and they they assumed it was real because it looked real. And I mean, he shot it to look real. So yeah, that's uh, it's one of those notorious like banned films um, that was illegal for a long time in a lot of places. Uh, it was a video nasty, I believe. Um, but then so were silly things like Child's Play. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, yeah, that director has a version. It's kind of like the, the sim- a similar premise, but it's like a movie movie. It's not a mockumentary. Um, mm-hmm. it's people lost in a jungle and they get abducted by a, 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 a remote tribe and get eaten and stuff. It's, another, it's not nearly as good as Green Room, but um, that one feels a little bit more exploitational. And it feels like a horror movie, horror movie, where Green Room feels like a deconstruction of a horror movie, where it's... Yeah, Green Room film is a lot more genuine. Yeah, they, well, it, it feels like it's actually trying to make you uncomfortable. Whereas, like, you watch something like a slasher film, like Friday the 13th, something like that, it's like, it, it's it's morbid, but they're trying to make it fun. Like, it's it's supposed to be a fun experience, like... Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they don't want you to something... leave thinking like, "Oh my God, I'm so." Uh, the world that we live in is horrific, and it must have been created by 
some abominable lesser god. Um, that's how you feel when you watch Green Room. Yeah, but well, I, there is definitely a a certain delineation of horror movies because you have movies like like Midsommar or Hereditary, like Ari Aster films um, that you sit there and you're festering, uh, just in your discomfort uh, mm. for like two hours and it just puts you on edge. Um, and then you know those movies like Don't Breathe. Uh, where it's more of like a, oh, don't open the door, like, ah, he fucking got him, like, kind of thing. Like, there's a, there's a wide, vast yeah. uh, array of horror films, and I think that's what makes that genre so enjoyable. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you have, like, bridging of genres. I mean, like, you have, like, Evil Dead mm -hmm. and Halloween, and those are both very, very different from uh, from something like, you know, The Cabin of Dr. Caligari or Nosferatu, or, right. you know, even modern horror films. Um but I mean, like even even in those, like circling back around, like you'll you'll have uh, horror movies where the the violence and the grotesque uh, is played for laughs, and I, I feel like that's what what the Suicide Squad uh, hits for, where it's definitely like a oh ha 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 kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it feels like an old school James Gunn movie where, um, you know, obviously he he comes from trauma in that entire tradition, so it's yeah, it's this is classier than those trauma movies. Um, but it still has that sort of irreverent sort of, like, we're going to make you laugh by showing you horrible things. Um, a black comedy is what they call that. Yeah. Um, are, I'm assuming we're just going to go through the movie and talk about it. Uh, yeah, we may as well. Spoilers? Yeah, this will be a spoiler section. We already spoiled Pete Davidson's death, and I'm sure people are very upset about that yeah no well, like when that happens in the movie as soon as like i saw that he was in it and i don't dislike pete davidson i'll be clear about that a lot of people do um i was just like oh if he's gonna be like a main character in this movie and this is the character that he's playing he just comes off as himself and like that's gonna be bad like i'm not this it, this isn't gonna fit and then turns out the entire suicide squad a suicide just dies squad. immediately <laughs> Yeah, it, no, it it ends up being this uh this kind of I mean they were a diversion they were a diversionary team, uh, mm -hmm. to make noise and die, uh, which I I did think was funny. I did question why she put Rick Flag on that team though, um, because I mean I, okay does does Amanda Waller come off as like way more as a bitch in this movie than any of her previous iterations? Um, I wouldn't um, say any of her previous iterations. Definitely. A, a, more so than the last movie. Think about Amanda Waller as a character. Um, she's like a very unsung character in the DC universe. Like, you don't really see her much in other media. She's popped up a couple of times in, like, the Superman cartoons. Um, but generally speaking, I feel like this captured what I think of as Amanda Waller. Um, she's kind of like what Batman would be if he didn't have a no-kill rule. Like, what she's doing is ostensibly for what she believes is right, but she's entirely too divorced from, you know, any sense Optimism. of humanity. Yeah. yeah. And um, they did play her up as kind of like being a, a, a crony for a corrupt government, um, being the United States government in this. And she's not always that. Sometimes she's just, you know, she's like the military type character that, you know, you want them to accomplish the mission, 
Uh, but at what necessary? But at cost. what cost? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this that comes across really well in this. Um, I really liked her in this movie. Uh, I, I I don't know if that's going to be controversial. Um, I don't know if people are going to, if they like. I mean, like of the ten people that liked the last movie, are they going to be like, oh, is she, she's they she's gone too far? Yeah. yeah. Like now, that's that's who Amanda Waller is to me. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's funny. Like there's a there's that kind of moment where she stops answering Rick Flag and uh, when Harley's talking to him and she's like the detachable kid. Uh, and he's like, I didn't pick the team, uh, and I'm like, oh, buddy, you were all sent here to die. Yeah, yeah. Like that was that was your whole goal. Like they didn't even tell them. That, like the other team got a a briefing and a goal and objective. And for you know Rick Flag and that that first team, they're just like, yeah, just get there. We'll tell you more after. Yeah, that entire sequence, like the entire, I guess you would. I, I don't know if you would call it the first act or the prologue because it doesn't really. I mean, it does open. set. It does set up the rest of the story. Where it's introducing us to um, the conflict, but uh, it had a very Rick and Morty feel in the first fifteen minutes of the movie, where everything is yeah, like going fair. super fast. Um, the it, it, it's very fast paced, and it's self aware in a way that's kind of like making fun of the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just having like trope, 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 trope thrown in your face, and then they kind of. Uh, uh, subvert those tropes and, and, and I don't know it's funny I liked it I'm, I'm glad that it didn't have that tone throughout the entire movie because I would have gotten tired of that very fast um, yeah, I think there, that the movie kind of a... finds its footing in the the beginning of the second act and it, it, it has more room to breathe and it starts taking the subject matter a little bit more seriously um, obviously these are goofy characters but I didn't feel like I, I, I didn't feel like the conflict was just a big joke um, yeah, well, it's, it's like you have characters like, you know, like, like, uh, I mean, it's, it's a very, very, very well in the beginning. Like, I mean, the the jokes that you kind of have in the movie, like, the ones that really get me and the ones that are still funny is, uh, you know, like, she's talking about who, uh, not Deadshot, not Deadshot, uh, Bloodsport is. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you know, his father trained him to be an assassin since the minute he was born, blah, blah. And she gives the same spiel about Peacemaker, and he's like, yeah. taking the piss. He does the no. same thing that I do. Like... That that is it's genuinely funny. Um, yeah, it feels like commentary and, on that thing that I'm talking about in the world of comic books, where it's just like, you know, you have so many writers having to churn out so many stories week after week that they have to lean on these archetypes. And they're like, oh, so should we use a a, a, a dead shot? And they're like, oh no, we killed him off in the last thing. Okay, we'll just make another one. Um, make another dead shot. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's that, it's that kind of humor where it's like the movie takes it at face value, but it acknowledges it kind of. Uh, like yeah. even with like the the polka dot man, like he's he's not a character that's so jokey. Uh, he's not a, he's not like a jokey character. Uh, he's just morbid and depressed, and he wants to die. Um, <laughs> I just I love like, the line early on where he's like, "We're gonna die," and he's like, "I hope so." I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah, that's a mood I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, like that's and that's one of those things too, where it's like, uh, like even though that character is ludicrous and absurd um and people are like oh my god he really does throw polka dots at people um Mm -hmm. like like that character himself isn't a joke and that's kind of why it's it's, i'd hark it to like galaxy quest do you remember galaxy quest like that movie is very overtly a comedy Mm -hmm. but at no point is it ever like played like a comedy it's all played very straight and that's why it's funny yeah yeah it's got that sort of vibe james gunn also made a movie (coughs) called the specials have you ever seen that i've not actually 
So it's it's a similar concept, only it's like um, I haven't seen it in so fucking long. It's 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 Rob Lowe is the main character. James Gunn is also in it as an actor, and it's just kind of like a a D-list superhero team living in a house together. It feels like the real world, um, if you know what that was. Kind of like uh, what we do in the shadows, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Um, this had a, it. It felt like it was using a lot of the same kind of humor, where he's. He's using the story to kind of make fun of comic book tropes. And that happens in Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Granted, he's a little bit limited because they're only using the Marvel um, space characters. And, like, that's an entire universe that's got its own set of tropes. Um, right. But this this feels more in line with what... And I'm not surprised that I feel this way because I had a feeling I was going to feel this way going into the movie. This is what I would like... Guardians of, Ga- of the Galaxy to have been. Now, I'm not going to shit on those movies. I know a lot of people like those movies, and I don't think that they're bad. They just don't work for me personally, and this one does. Um, this one feels like James Gunn being allowed to be James Gunn, whereas those ones, you definitely get his directorial voice. You could definitely see um, you know, his, his, his sort of brand of humor in that movie, but he's limited because it's a Disney movie that has to be PG-13. This is like mm-hmm. a hard R. They were just like, it seems like they were just like, do whatever you want. Um, well, and this I was mean, the movie like, that we got. Even even with, with that and with this, like, there's so many just small kind of differences uh, mm-hmm. in it that I feel like have to be studio made. Like, you, again, you can definitely kind of feel like James Gunn's influence with the Guardian movies. Um, but then even just like the, the little things, like seeing the uh, uh, like the conflict at the end of this movie, like it's a giant, big CGI monster, and for some reason it feels way more investing uh than the giant big cgi climaxes in either of the guardians movies and i I don't know if it's because both of those movies just feel so bombastic all of the time that it it never really it feels like it's allowed to build anything but a world ending stake uh and by the time we get to like the world ending for the 30th time in this movie franchise like it's it's only so serious you can take it uh yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like Stranger Things, where it's like, how many fucking times are Stranger Things going to happen in this one fucking town? How strange um, can things possibly get? Yeah, like, how, how much stranger can things be? Um, but, I mean, like, with, with this one, like, this movie felt really kind of smaller and, and intimate until the very ending. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, that's that's not to say that there weren't big action scenes. I mean, the, the movie starts off with a big action set piece. Um but it calms down after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely, like, one one of my favorite sequences in the movie is uh, Peacemaker and Bloodsport just, like, trying to one-up each other. Yeah. Like, it, was, yeah. it was delightful. Absolutely yeah. delightful. <laughs> he smothered and, um, bullets. Yeah. And it comes back in the end. Um. Yeah, this <laughs> I hit him more than center. Um <laughs> That made me laugh, and that was one of those things where it's like, and that's and that's another thing, like looking at the uh, the twenty sixteen Suicide Squad movie and how it just kind of like, I feel like there's so many fundamental failures as a film, uh, mm-hmm. where it's like it'll set something up and then never pay it off, or it'll pay something off after having never set it up, um, yeah. and this was this was it was nice because like you have that whole thing with the smaller bullets and you're like oh my goodness like, it feels like a movie because they set something off and they they paid it off. Um, yeah. Holy shit. Um, did you enjoy John Cena in this movie? Because I very much enjoyed John Cena in this movie. Yeah, I thought he was great. I think he's probably, probably my favorite performance in the movie. 
Uh, but that, I mean, but I liked all of the performances, so it's it's even hard to say that, like, because that sounds oh, like I'm yeah. shitting on everybody else, but not at all. Everybody was great. Um, but yeah, no, he he he. You could tell that he was having fun making the movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, he just well, seemed tell, so like you can tell joyous. All of them are having fun. Like yeah. him and Idris Elba just interacting. Um, mm-hmm. Like you can definitely tell. Uh, they're having a blast while they're filming it, and that makes the movie so much more enjoyable to watch. But um, absolutely, uh, there, there's this little moment that always gets me to laugh. Um, and it was when they're, they're they had that little scene they're going through the village, killing all the quote unquote freedom fighters. Um, mm-hmm. That they didn't know were freedom fighters. Uh, but he, there's a guy just sleeping, and like John Cena just walks by and just like slams his axe into the dude like <laughs> ten times, yeah. like so so casually. Um, it's it was it was hilarious. That whole scene was hilarious. Yeah, and it's made even funnier when because uh, you you, you kind of see it coming uh, because everyone's like kind of it's kind of that minute where you see like uh, the one person just like washing clothes and humming where you're like oh mm-hmm. fuck oh fuck and then there's that moment where Rick Flag's like oh my god like she saved my life and then Idris Elba just like uh huh okay. Like, we, like, why didn't yeah. why didn't my guards let me know you're here? Oh, we, we didn't we didn't see anyone. No, it was they were all gone when we got here. And Pokemon Man's like, I pretended they were my mother and I killed them all. Like, yeah, no, uh, but it's 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 Polka really Dot funny Man, like great. that 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 repetitive gag kind of in the the movie. And we're we're jumping around in this in this here too. Um, but it's it's really funny uh that there was that kind of uh setup at the end where Deadshot has his his Captain America Avengers moment where, you know, like, he, he pulls the team together and he gets them all killed. Uh, <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, he, he has that kind of, like, that moment from the first Avengers where he's like, oh, you know, Harley, like, you know, go up high and fucking Starro brings the building down and, like, she falls in presumably to her death, but, you know, she's fine because she, she's contracted for another few films. Um, and she's like, you know, like, in no way, it's like, monster num num, and he jumps on the monster and the thing, like, bitch slaps him away. Uh, and he turns to the Pokemon man's like, you see how that is? That's your fucking mom! Um, <laughs> every single time it cut to that, that woman, uh, just in place of it. <laughs> just in place of Starro, just great. like, smashing buildings. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, he's taken these characters that, you know, sensibly mean nothing at all to anyone <laughs> at this point, and he's, he's making you care about them. And I, that's something that people said about Guardians of the Galaxy a lot. Um, but there was still something about that storyline that just felt generic to me. This well, it's like he, it's like with Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like he took uh, a character you'd never heard of and yeah. made him a wonderful merchandising opportunity that everyone needed to buy dancing in a pot. Right. Yeah. Don't they even make fun of that in the second movie? I saw a clip of somebody talking about like in the movie, going like, you know what I see when I look at that? Uh, action figures with such suction cups on them, or something to that effect. Looking at Groot. That's Gremlins 2. That's Gremlins 2? That's Gremlins 2, I believe. Oh. Interesting. They're talking about uh, Mowgli. Anyway. Not Mowgli. Um, no, that's, that's the Jungle Book. The fuck is the thing called in Gremlins? Mogwai. Mogwai. There you go. I was close. Fuck it. Um, Somebody, they must have put that in like the red letter media then. As a joke. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was half watching um, it and thought that it was from Guardians of the Galaxy um, no, but that's that's definitely what Groot was for. It was for the uh, for the toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I, I feel like King Shark for, is for a similar Disney character, films? right? But like, I feel 
Like it just works better in this. Well, it it, it was it was funny, um, because like you kind of set up that first team, uh, and you're like, oh, you know, they they did Guardians of the Galaxy and they had Rocket Raccoon, so now we have the Weasel and. And I'm sure that the implication there was people to be like, oh, well, you know, he did Rocket Raccoon, so we're now going to have another Rocket Raccoon. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> A Rocket Raccoon that's killed 27 children. Uh, <laughs> well, he's not harmless. I mean, he's, he's killed 27 children. <laughs> that, yeah, that was another thing that, like, made me laugh out loud. Like, the joke landed so well in the way that it was played. Um, yeah. It's like, because <laughs> well, it's, like, it's not that part. It's just like when he's he's like stumbling over his words to be like, but but he agreed to this. I think, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's like it's immediately like that 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 whole that, that whole scene was uh was hilarious just in the delivery of it. It's like, mm -hmm. so your name is Letters. Every name's Letters, dickhead. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then and then immediately following that, like they all have that that moment where like the music's kind of swelling and they all have their like that kind of badass thing and they jump off the thing and it's like. Did anyone check if the weasel could swim? <laughs> it just dies. <laughs> <laughs> immediately. Immediately yeah. dies. I was like, uh, yeah, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, I, I think I'm going to like this movie a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they all Oh, God. And then, and then they, set up a, they set up Michael Rooker as Savant, who is a character I've never fucking heard of before. Because, mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, he lands on the beach and he's like, ugh amateurs and like oh blah 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 uh like they set him up to be the badass and he's the one that like runs away gets his head blown off yeah i don't know there, there was something about it too like i guess it's in the setup because i mean you could technically look at this movie and you can look at the 2016 suicide squad movie and be like that's slipknot he can climb anything and immediately gets his head blown off um mm -hmm. and one i don't think that that scene's played for laughs in that 2016 one no <clears throat> i might have laughed because just you know head pop is funny but, uh, yeah, I don't remember no, people like, laughing in the theater when we saw it. I mean, to be fair, we also saw it with a whole bunch of Manhattanites. Um, well, and also the people in the movie. So they would have and also be, the people like, in the movie. That's, yeah, that's fair. Um, but I mean, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it 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 comes across played so much better in this film than it did in that film. Uh, so I mean, like, people can ask, like, well, what separates you know, like Slipknot's death from Savant's death? And I'm like, fucking tone. Uh, soul. <laughs> this movie had I've, soul. Um, I, I really wish. I really wish this movie like went the extra mile though, and like gave that first quote unquote team like all character posters. Yeah. <laughs> like they're like, oh, here's Michael Rooker as Savant and Nathan Fillion as TDK and and all that shit. Well, in um, fairness, like in all of the advertisements that I've seen, I would not have guessed that the you know the Suicide Squad. Eight was not going to be in the movie after five minutes. Like there are <laughs> yeah. a lot of posters with with those characters on them. Um, well, I, I figured we'd get like at least like half an hour with them. Like I think that was the kind of setup. I didn't know that they'd like be all killed off immediately, and the whole movie was about the other team, uh, which mm -hmm. I'm very very happy about. Um, but yeah, no, that's I, what I mean when I say like I, it feels like it was commenting on the other movie because it it did feel like this was like a kind of a tongue-in-cheek nod to that, being like, hey, remember when this happened? But then I'm going to show you how to do this well in a movie. Hey, you remember, you remember Captain Boomerang? Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually mildly disappointed that he died, because I was in that last movie. Like you asked if this. there were things that I liked. Looking back on it, yeah, I kind of liked Captain Boomerang. I liked Jai Courtney in that movie, and I was not expecting that I was going to. Um, 
There's actually, you know, you know, going back and talking about gags that still work, and I, I will admit that the one gag that is hilarious in that first Suicide Squad movie is when, you know, like, Rick Flagg has that whole moment where he's like, you know, you don't have to be here. Uh, actually, I don't even know if that's Rick Flagg. I think one of them's like, you know, you don't have to be here, and, like, Captain Boomerang just grabs the eight-pack of beer and just dips yeah, out the scene. He sleeps, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, that was funny. And it, it would have been funnier, like, if he had stayed gone. Uh, but, but, like, that was a gag that worked, and... You know, it, it was it was a little sad uh, because you know he he did get you to laugh a few times in the beginning of this movie. What what little dialogue he had. So seeing him get like it was definitely still gratifying. Like seeing him get like shredded in those helicopter blades, it was <laughs> funny. Um, this whole scene was the the funniest I laughed in that that though was when uh when the javelin just kind of like raised to throw like he didn't do anything like he just yeah. raised to throw his javelin <laughs> and just got obliterated. Mm-hmm. Um. Didn't didn't do a single thing, um, and it's like, well, yeah, fucking people have guns, and this guy is over here with a fucking javelin. Uh-huh. Of course, he's gonna die immediately. Yep. And then Nathan um, Fillion, like, <laughs> he just saw like his limbs like kind of come off, and he was just like slapping the people, and then he's kind of like <laughs> mildly annoyed by him, it. Yeah, um, Pat, I, I was happy to see the de- the detachable kid in um, a movie. Because that's one of those characters that does exist in the comic books, and you frequently see him on lists of, like, the top ten weirdest superhero characters. So I don't think I've ever read any material that included him, but I've known that he was a part of the DC Universe for, like, my whole life. Um, (laughs) You've known that he's existed, if not read anything about him. And not only did, like, he exist in this movie, they didn't try to make him cool. Um... (laughs) He was exactly as ridiculous as he would be. They didn't try to, like... I mean, it was played for laughs, but, like, it, it, it felt like... Yeah, they were they were just embracing the fucking weirdness of it. Um, liked that a lot. It was a good little cameo. You know, it, it's funny, too, because, like, you see someone like Nathan Fillion, who is, like, a, a nerd media favorite, and they're like, yeah, he's got, you know, two lines of dialogue in here. He's completely <laughs> inept, and then he dies. It's all you need. Like, it's cool that it was Nathan Fillion or whatever, but, like, I don't... It, I mean, they could have put him in the movie, I guess, and it, had it be fine. We got fucking Polka Dot Man in the movie. They could have figured out a way. I'm sure James Gunn is smart enough to figure out a way to make you care about that character. Yeah, no, I mean, but, listen, like, they, 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 they took Ratcatcher and gave, like, Ratcatcher a whole emotional scene, and they took, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, all these characters, and they give them some semblance of an arc. Um, yeah. A little was white kind of a, co, was kind uh, of a nice type, setup. I didn't, I didn't realize that that Taiko was... Taiko Waititi is his name. Yeah, yeah. He has a little you know, cameo is, at the end. That is one of the things, though, where I feel like uh, if I'm going to have any complaints about this movie, it's that I don't think any of the emotional beats landed as well as I would have hoped. I mean, the movie definitely has heart, and the heart is present. Yeah. But it's not necessarily as palpable as I would have wanted it to be. Like, the... The whole kind of bit at the end there with, with Taika Waititi and, and his daughter talking about, you know, like, if rats have purpose, so do we. Um, like, it, you know, the music's swelling and she's crying and, uh, yeah, and it, it like, it's meant to be this emotional moment. Over the top. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you, you almost got me there. Like, I'm almost there. I'm not quite there. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, a moment with, like, Idris Elba, like, when his daughter's like, that's my dad. And she's, like, proud that he's on, on TV, like, being a superhero. Uh, that one landed like, for me pretty well. I mean, I didn't cry, but, like... No, was, I mean, you can't The first cry. one felt cheesy. Like, it just felt, like... 
a bit overdone. Um, <coughs> I think it worked well enough, though. But the the the, the one with his daughter, I thought, I thought yeah, they played I, that I mean, nicely. I don't know. I don't know if it was the fact that we only had like one scene of them together, and there there wasn't really a, a reconciliation. And it was literally just like that one kind of line, like at the end there. Like yeah. it, it, it. It's not that it felt tacked on. I just felt like it wasn't enough for it, it to like really engage earned. me. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it didn't feel properly earned. Um. I mean, it's still good, and the character still has like things about him. I I do love uh you know Idris Elba and Bloodsport as a as a character as presented in this movie. Like they are quite enjoyable. Um, but, it, you know, it didn't quite get there. Yeah. Um, what I will say, though, about the heart of the movie is I feel like it worked so much better than the quote-unquote heart in the last movie. Because that, like, they tried. Wouldn't El Diablo be like, it, I'm not losing another family, and everyone was like, where the It came fuck out of nowhere. From? Like, yeah, they suddenly they were a family. Um... Which I'm sure if you saw the uh, uh, the David Ayer cut, um, as he was describing it in his Twitter uh, thread a couple weeks ago, I'm sure you know, I... that he would have attempted. I don't think that it was as big of a slap job as what we got, um, or I, I suspect that's... that it wasn't. That's fair. Uh, I, I I do I do genuinely feel like I'm I'm sorry. Uh, for what happened in, like, David Ayer and how they kind of, like, stole that movie away from him. Yeah. Uh, and everything. Uh, it, it's a terrible thing to kind of happen to a filmmaker, and I'm, I'm sure he's uh, a little miffed uh, that they essentially gave James Gunn, like, carte blanche to do what he wanted. Um, mm -hmm. But, like, at the same time, like, he was making all these claims about, you know, characters that were deep and had heart. And, like, I've seen his other movies, and nothing of any of his other movies indicate that he can write characters that are deep or have heart. Um, so that's kind of where my hang-up is on that, where I'm like, mm, I don't, I mean, you can make, fuck, you can make claims like, you're just like, you know, Starro was gonna be in my movie, but I'm never gonna show it to anyone ever, so you just have to take my word on it. Right, uh, well, the thing is, like, I'm not going to, I just want to make it clear, uh, whether or not that is the case, like, whether or not his movie was any good or not. I'm not going to try to make any bold statements on it because I haven't, like, frankly, I haven't seen that movie. Um, oh, so yeah, I'm not no going to, like, has. critique a movie that I haven't seen. Um, the the problems that I had with the first movie largely come down to the editing of it and how everything, it, it feels like a movie that was one thing, they cut it up and they made it another thing. And that's, I mean, for all intents and purposes, whether or not the Jane or the David Ayer cut is better. Um, we don't know, but we do well, know that the movie was different. So I will give him that well, much it's, it's, uh, credit to say like it could have been, it could have been, it, it could have been great. I don't know. I didn't see it. We'll never know. I'm, and it's, I'm not going to blame though. him for like the deficiencies in that film because it was so clearly like a a last minute studio. <clears throat> slap job and they and if it had only been that movie that came out that way i would be more inclined to say uh well who knows maybe it was already bad but like with everything that happened with the snyder cut we now know mm. beyond a shadow of a doubt that yeah warner brothers is not above fucking up their own movies if if they feel yeah. like they need to and i mean like I, I i definitely enjoyed the uh the justice league the snyder cut um i think we made that very evident yeah um and I enjoy it quite a bit. 
Uh, but it's it's even looking at the 2017 Justice League movie, like that movie still functions. Like that movie doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a hacksaw was taken to it, even yeah. if un- like after retrospect, like yeah, that movie had a hacksaw taken to it. Uh, the theatrical release of the release of the Suicide Squad, that movie very palpably felt like a movie that was one thing and then cut to be a different thing. Yeah, in fairness though, like they didn't reshoot Suicide Squad, so there's that. And then another thing is, like, I know everybody hates Joss Whedon now. Um, He's been canceled by the Twitters. Uh, But Joss Whedon is a competent filmmaker. Like, say what you will of the man. Like, his movies are functional. Um, So having, you know, another director be able to come in, you know, even if it was just, like, two-thirds of the way through the process, I don't know how many things... Well, we do know how many things that they reshot because we saw both versions of the movie. Um... Uh, uh, I, I, I think that they, like, yeah, the, uh, Justice League is infinitely better than Suicide Squad, is what I'll say. Because uh, it does, it's still, it's a story. It's a story that functions yeah, as a movie. Still has, Suicide Squad is, yeah, but it's painfully Suicide Squad, they didn't bring in a functions. new director. They brought in the trailer park. Like, they brought in the people that cut the trailer, and they were like, remake our movie, please. Um, so, I, 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 that just seems so crazy. Uh, that that's a thing that they did. But they did. But they did. Saturate <laughs> the colors and all pop songs. Call it a day. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do with all this Jared Leto footage? Cut it out. Yeah, you know, now that we're talking this out, um, I feel like the best way to describe this new version of the movie, or this new movie, is it's not James Gunn shitting on the other movie it's james gunn saying see suicide squad as a concept is not bad and i feel like he did kind of very deliberately go in and sort of take concepts from the first movie and just repair them um just to show like hey it's not you know it's like because people i feel like a lot of people will probably just think based on the other movie that Suicide Squad is a stupid premise and, like, could never work. But it's not. Like, it's a neat little concept. It's a cool comic. Um, there there have been good iterations and bad, but uh, I, I, well, I, I it's, can't... It's just funny. It's, it's just funny looking at the, uh, the last iteration and this iteration and seeing, like, the plots kind of... Because, I mean, like, structurally, like, they, they are the same. They have this whole thing where, like, the Suicide Squad is sent to do Objective A, and then something else happens, and they all make the, the collective decision to tackle the larger threat. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, with with, with this one, there's there's more kind of rhyme and reason. Because um, right. with the last one, like, if, I, if I'm remembering this correctly, like, the Suicide Squad was sent in to rescue uh, Amanda Waller from, from whatever... Well, from, I don't even well, remember how like how it ended up because it's God, <clears throat> the editing of that movie is so schizophrenic. Um, I don't even remember how Amanda Waller ended up in whatever bad situation they had to save her from. Because I feel like well, she was watching she the was movie. Initially... It felt like she was there in the jail. Then she sent them out, and then they show up, and she's also there. And I yeah. don't know how she got from point A to point B. She she was running her command center from the city and not the prison. Right. Uh, so but she was the one that presumably there had to have been some amount of time that passed between them uh, organizing the Suicide Squad and getting them all together in that like prison yard, 
and then her going back to her command center, yeah. right? Well, I don't know how much time asked, passed. Like, what were they... Because if their mission was to rescue her, what were they assembling them for in the first place if she was there and she didn't need to be rescued? Yeah, I mean... Um, Is that... Well, and it's also, like, too, like, there's that moment in the movie, if, if again, if I'm remembering correctly, where there's a giant blue laser going up into the sky. And they're like, mm -hmm. what about that? And they're like, don't worry about that. Yeah, uh, like, like that's not the plan? primary objective. So the primary objective had to have been... But, like, but because it's another thing. She's explaining who... Uh, I was going to call her the Scarlet Witch, but that's not who she is. The Enchantress. She's explaining the story of the Enchantress as if she's on the team. But then she's also the objective that they're having to correct. But then she's also not. It's so weird thinking back on this movie and how... I mean, I haven't seen it in years, so maybe I'm, maybe I'm misremembering things. But maybe you're misremembering it as more broken than it already was. Like, not to say that it it yeah. wasn't broken initially, but like it might be more broken in our memories. I remember when we left the theater talking about like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, even on our uh, episode yeah. of the podcast that we have, <clears throat> like we spend a lot of time um, angry about the that they were turning away, you know, the fans of the movie. Um, but then when we get to the actual discussion of the film, I think the first thing that we both say is like, yeah, it was all right. So it couldn't have been that broken to the degree That's that fair. like, it's incomprehensible. I don't know. I guess I'll have well, to remember, go watch it again I, I at some remember, point. I remember watching it and being like, that feels exactly like a DC movie that they looked at and they went, but make it Marvel. And yeah. they tried as hard as they goddamn could to make it Marvel. Mm -hmm. And they did that based like, on the reception of the like. trailer with the Queen song in it. Like... Yeah. Because, like, I remember the first trailer that came out, the Comic-Con one, was very, like, morose. Um, and it seemed, like, big and epic and Zack Snyder-y. And then they released the one with the, the Ballroom Blitz. And everybody liked that. Um, and they panicked and went, oh, shit, And then they were like, that. oh, let's make the whole movie that. Because, <laughs> like, it's not even an example of them, like, it's not even an example of them saying, oh, let's just do Marvel, because it was kind of already that. I remember people talking about from the very early days, as soon as they announced that they were doing Suicide Squad, I wasn't of this mindset, but a lot of people were, where they're like, oh, they're just making their Guardians of the Galaxy. And to a degree, that's true. However, what you also have to acknowledge is this wasn't that far removed from um, the New 52 reboot in mm -hmm. the in the DC Comics world and Suicide Squad was one of the best-selling comics of that reboot so it didn't surprise me that they were thinking about doing Suicide Squad early in the process as the third movie in the process that was a little bit weird um cuz we didn't have enough time with any of the other characters to know who their villains were but um yeah so it it, it did kind of feel like they were doing their own version of Guardians cuz that's a little bit what Suicide Squad is, but not much. Only to the degree that, like, they're both roguish characters, right? They're not conventional heroes. That's really the only similarity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's aesthetic I mean, similarities in, in, the, in the movie that we ended up getting, being, like, it's pretty clear that the soundtrack was the way it was because Guardians used pop songs. Um, yeah. And they were like, we'll do the same thing, but poorly. 
Yeah, well, there, I mean, like, no it feels like one of those things where, like, it feels like a movie trailer where, like, there constantly needs to be something playing at every given setting. Uh, yeah. Because there's no there's no room for a scene to breathe or for people to converse because everything has to be... Like, I, I, I think it was even, like, when Deadshot was, like, showing off his abilities at the shooting range, like, that was still, like, they were playing a song over it. Like, everything has to have a song. Like, everything has to have that kind of, like, trailer moment. And it wasn't even songs that fit, like... Um, the one where he was shooting it was the Kanye West song so that it, I guess it kind of made sense um, like it matched his character a little bit like the, the, the tone of his character that song matched but then I also remember them playing like they were playing an Eminem song uh, during the scene immediately before that and I'm like this doesn't fit at all like tonally, <laughs> lyrically nothing about this makes any sense <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, starting off, starting off this one, uh, they start off this movie with a Johnny Cash song, but, like, the song that, uh, kind of sets the tone for the movie is, I don't know what the song's called, but it's, it's when the camera's Wholesome zooming County. around all the members of that first Suicide Squad, and it's, they're all I, I believe it's called Folsom County Prison Blues, or Folsom County Blues. That's where he's in jail. It's like, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, I was remembering too, and like, isn't this, this was, this song was also in the, the 2004 Dawn of the Dead, which James Gunn also wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of assume that, huh? Maybe he forgot. Well, I, I kind of assumed that that was a Zack Snyder choice. Cause I feel like Zack Snyder likes to make those things where he like put the song over the movie. Uh, but now I'm wondering like if he'd wrote it into the script and that was a James Gunn choice. I'm not sure. Um, but it, it was funny. Uh, it was funny and it did make me go, huh? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, yeah. no, I'll say, like, that. I I went, like, what the fuck when that happened in the movie um, at the beginning, simply because I wasn't expecting it, and it was playing right over top of the the DC intro thing, like, where you see Wonder Woman and, and, and um, Superman, and they're in their, like, comic book-y form. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I was like, wait, what? This Why is that? Because for, like, for a second... As soon as it dawned on me, like, what the song was about, because I'm, I'm familiar with the song, and I like Johnny Cash a lot, but it just seems so strange to see, like, a Johnny Cash song playing over it. I was like, wait, is that just the new logo? Or are they, they're just going to play Johnny Cash over the <laughs> DC thing? I'm like, oh, no, it's a prison song about them being in prison. I get it. I see what you're doing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, soundtrack, much more effective. Um... Yeah, and I feel like James Gunn's kind of well. It's 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 really it's funny a signature. Where I feel like the now. 2016 uh, Suicide Squad movie feels like an emulation of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and this one they just got James Gunn who did Guardians of the Galaxy. So everything that that movie tried to emulate, it was done with a sense of genuine purpose here. Yeah, I feel uh, like people so again, that aren't like, familiar with James Gunn might be tempted to say that like this movie rips off the other one a lot without realizing that James Gunn has certain cinematic signatures and that's what you're seeing in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, that predates Guardians. Like, he's used music in that way before. Um, he's yeah. used this sort of humor in that way before. It's That's a James Gunn thing, not a Guardians of the Galaxy thing. And I feel like if you don't know who James Gunn is, you don't, you're not familiar with his body of work previously, you, you'll, you, you could run the risk of being like, ah, they're just ripping it off. Well, you know, James Gunn has also made the claim about this movie specifically that this is his new kind of standard for what a James Gunn film is. 
Um, I don't know. W would you agree with that? Um, a new like standard? Well, I would have to see, him? like, the movies that come out after this to see if he's if he's bullshitting or not. But no, I feel like this, to me, felt more like a James Gunn movie than it did a superhero movie. Um, I, 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 you, his, his voice, his, his cinematic voice comes through so clearly in this. And like I said, it does come through in Guardians of the Galaxy as well. It's just a bit muffled because, you know, it's a Disney film and you can't put naughty words in it and you can't like dismember <laughs> people and you can't like show intense people gore in brains. Well, yeah. And James Gunn is also someone who like very clearly, uh, loves the implementation of like that intense gore. So yeah. seeing, seeing it use, uh, feels kind of good here because it's like the the justice league um is r-rated um and sometimes i feel like it's stretching that r-rating mm -hmm. um like wait what's r-rated like huh? the first suicide squad is what you're saying well no no uh the the snyder justice league is oh, yeah, r-rated yeah, yeah. okay. and and that feels like it stretches it a bit uh yeah i don't know points, what like, oh, how they got that rating come to think of it i didn't even well, realize that was r yeah, no, the the I mean there there is some amounts of blood. Oh, when he says like three or it's four probably times. just because fucking Joker said uh, talks about giving him a reach around. That was yeah, what no, pushed it over the reason. edge. Uh, yep. Uh, that that was and you know Zack Snyder was like a I'm, that's a funny it's fucking line. Gotta like, be putting in the movie. It in here, I'm not gonna budge. It is not uh, the same movie if that line is not in it. Exactly. This is my creative vision. Um. No, but, like, that movie, like, it, it comes across as, like, oh, this is R-rated? Like, okay, I guess they gotta put the F-word in here a few more times because they have that liberty now. Uh, whereas this feels like it, it necessitated that R-rating, and it, it definitely earned it, but it didn't earn it by forcing the movie to do anything that it wasn't going to do in the first place. Um, I feel the same way about like BBS it, Theatrical Cut. I don't know why that one was R- wasn't the, the original one? No, the, the Theatrical Cut was 13, and the Director's Cut was R. I don't know what changed. Yeah, and I don't know why. I don't know if there was, like, a few splatterings of blood here and there when Batman beat the fuck out of those people in that warehouse. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, it, it's probably just comes down to violence and them having... But nobody knows how the uh, MPAA actually functions. We don't know what their standards really are. Um, it's all a bit well, of a... Well, they don't. It's, it's more of a gut feeling. Yeah, so it's, it's probably like... Oh, well, it's the same degree of violence. You just use more of it. So... You, you pushed it over the edge or something like that. Yeah. But, like, this one, this one, you look at it, and you're like, R movie, and you're like, yep, 100%, yeah, that's what I this is. Like... Unabashed R. Mm -hmm. They say the F word. A few times, yeah. They say the naughty words, and people explode, but mostly the naughty words. Yeah, there are so many things that happen in this movie, um that work that do not work in other movies because really this does end in like a big dumb cgi boss fight however it's fucking great it's not generic it's not just like a random spaceman coming down it's not like a random villain coming down it's a big colorful starfish that's different yeah and i mean again like it's one of those things where like, the movie feels so like insular like the the large set pieces in this movie are like there's a car crash, uh, you know, there's a big shootout in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, Harley Quinn has that that great kind of escape hallway scene. Uh, oh, yeah, but like was... all, the, all the set pieces are like very subdued for a superhero film. So by the time you build up to 
to Starro the Conqueror, which is ridiculous uh, in of itself as a concept in the first place. Like, the movie feels like, yeah, all right, you've built to this. Like, the world's not ending. Like, it's just kind of this small town getting fucked, but, like, people can't stand idly by. Like, you, you give them a superhero moment, and it does yeah. feel nice. And it's, um... And that, that superhero moment is kind of perpetuated through all their characters. Like, you, you see, like, Ratcatcher, like, true to her word, she's like, I'm gonna get you out of here. Like, and that, that works. And you see, you know, Polka Dot Man have that moment where it looks like it's the first time he's been happy in his whole fucking life. Uh, where he's like, I'm a superhero, and it, it feels good, because the moment mm-hmm. feels earned after everything that he's gone through so far. Yeah. Um, it, it, it feels earned. It feels well-earned for all of the characters and the situation. Uh, now that you bring up um, Ratcatcher, you just reminded me of um, something that stood out to me, and it, w- it was a little bit confusing as I was watching it. Does it feel like... Right before we get to the dramatic climax of the movie, when um, when Peacemaker's about to kill her, the, I was wondering, did she, like, drop her magic rat stick at some point? Because, like, there were a lot of times where I was like, why isn't she summoning her rats? Why isn't she using oh, her Oh, he powers? knocked it out of her hand. Oh, okay. So I just, I, yeah, I just he, missed that. Okay. She, she, hit, she hit the lead, she turned around, she pulled the thing up, and he knocked it out of her hand. I see. Okay. There. You know, I, I I have a friend. I have a friend um, who is a big DC comic fan. Like he's you know he's, he's read them like ever since the seventies. Uh, like he's been a fan of the Suicide Squad. Like if you ever have like a question about the Suicide Squad, like he knows which arc, which issue, which character did this, 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 and this. Um, he's a fucking unicorn. I'll then, tell you that. Yeah, no, exactly. Like <laughs> he's he's one of the few people who is like I've been reading the Suicide Squad ever since it started. And he was since one of the big fans cool. of it. It's like when was it ever cool? Well, the one time they released the issue with Harley Quinn on the cover and, and she was sexy and everybody wanted to buy it and you couldn't find it in comic book stores for the longest time. It was man, comic book fans be thirsty. Um, yeah, yeah, you know pornography exists, right? Um, oh, I know. <laughs> uh, Dick just be straight up callous at this point. Uh, but, uh, he, they announced, um, Ratcatcher was in this movie, uh, and he has a legit fear of rats. Like, it's a, it's a legit phobia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this guy fucking lives in New York, too, and it's, it was not hilarious, because it is a phobia, but, like, every time there was, like, a rat in the subway, like, he would straight up, like, bounce out of the entire station. Um, just straight up sprint away. Um. Is this the one that we saw Ant-Man with? Is this who you're talking about? No, no, um. It's not, because um, he's a but it is, guy it, too. It, it was it was unfortunate that there is a legit Suicide Squad fan out there that's like I can't watch this movie because of Ratcatcher. And it is unfortunate. It's like well, this one was good though. Um, well, I yeah, thought you were gonna I say that they. Of, like, I thought you were like gonna say they were upset. And, like, he would vomit. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say they were upset that Ratcatcher's a lady in this. Oh no, I'm sure most comic book fans are already upset about that. I don't know. Like, I haven't upset seen upset about. I, I've seen them uh, bitch and moan in every example of, like, a gender swap or a race swap. I have not seen a single bit of commotion related to Ratcatcher. I think he's just a um, an obscure enough character that they didn't even realize that this was a change. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things, too, where it's like I saw, like, exactly one person on my Twitter feed I saw mad about uh, Taskmaster in uh black widow mm-hmm. um and I'm, I'm guessing that that didn't seem a little more uproarious in comparison because i feel like no one's seen black widow yeah no like, i, I saw people I, I saw people complaining about that um I, i've seen that online 
Um, I, I've seen them complain about many things, but not this, oddly. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like, you look at the Suicide Squad characters and you're like, fuck it, like, we're going down to TDK, like, that's mm-hmm. straight down to the bottom of the barrel. Like, I, I, I don't know. And, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there is, like, a solitary TDK fan out there. Uh, listen, I know someone that got legitimately mad in Deadpool 2 about the whole Shatterstar thing. Like, oh, why would you bring in Shatterstar just to kill him? Like, mm-hmm. who the fuck? Um, yeah, there are a lot of people I, I've heard that from. Not Shatterstar in particular, but, like, his entire little uh, Deadpool crew that dies immediately for jokes. Um, there were people upset about that. Like, why are you introducing eh. these characters? Yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, no one's gonna be that broken up about Mongal, yeah. I'm assuming. Well, she k- did kill a lot of people. That was something. She did. I also like. I, wanted, I, wanted I, I liked that line where they're from. like, "Is she like a, is she an alien or like a god or something?" Because <laughs> that's how that's how those conversations would be going at this point in the DCEU. Because we have all of those things, those elements that are now real in that universe. Um, You know, it was it was funny. I was um, I was thinking about uh, Batman v Superman, uh, and there's there's a line from Wonder Woman that I really love in that movie, uh, or you know, fucking uh, what's his name, big CGI monster Doomsday shows up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Superman's like, you know, it's like this thing is from another world, my world, and Wonder Woman goes, I've killed things from other worlds before, and that's a really cool line. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, we ever gonna see that? <laughs> uh. Like, are we? Because, like, I mean, we're getting the Wonder Woman movies. Uh, and I'm assuming we're going to get another one. Um, At some point. But, like, so far Maybe. she's she's handled uh, some Germans. Uh, Ares, which is not necessarily from another world. Uh, unless they consider, like, the gods a different world. Um, and then Pedro Pascal. And that one she just talked to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just kind of ran off screen and straight out the movie. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I know Patty Jenkins was like, you know, we're not going to have like her use a sword anymore. Uh, absolutely fine. But like, are we ever, are we ever going to get those? St- I've, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like the, the two Wonder Woman movies feel like they don't exist in the Zack Snyder universe, even though mm-hmm. they reference the things in all of the films. Yeah. Yeah. Different there's a lot of iteration stuff like of that. character. I had I had someone complain uh, that like this Suicide Squad movie didn't feel like it fit in with the Zack Snyder universe that it's technically I guess still a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, neither did I know, I Shazam, but I'm fine with that too. I'm like, yeah, well, I've been saying this about the Marvel movie since before it was cool. I wish that they were like that. Like, I wish that they didn't have to follow this formula so well. Um, or you could just like give a director a movie and let him do whatever he wants. And yeah, it's in the, it'll be a bit weird that it's in the same universe, but I don't give a fuck. It's a bit weird that there's superheroes flying around. That's not real. Yeah. Um, well, I, I didn't feel that there was that much. I mean, yes, the, the movie's different tonally, but, like, you look at, like, the Justice League and Batman v Superman, and it's, it's dour and morbid and depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it still feels like a tangible world, and, like, definitely with yeah. the Suicide Squad, like, you... You kind of have these these moments of intense violence, and you're like, yeah, this doesn't feel watered down at all. This still feels intensely dour. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 tonally played for laughs, but like, yeah, this is still 
incredibly violent and incredibly dark at points, and you really stop to think about what's happening. Yeah, I don't know why... The whole body horror scene with Star Wars... Uh, Star Wars, that was... That was creepy as shit. Peter Capaldi! Peter Capaldi was in this movie. He was. He sure was. Yeah. He was the Doctor Who. And I mean, he was. Uh, and I know you're not, not a big fan of the Doctor Who. Um, it's not that I'm not he, a big fan had... of Doctor Who. I don't like um, You don't like the, the English woman people. one. That's, that's I just... No, well, I don't like the woman one, but I don't like um, uh, the, the, the English race. I don't like white people in general. Oh, right, 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 right. It's, it's not the gender thing, it's the ethnicity. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, it's not true. Yeah, I used no, to he, live he, with an English he, person. What? I used to live with an English person. I was, I was just saying, it's not true. I don't actually hate the English. Well, did, didn't, is, that the, is that the roommate you killed? What? Is that the roommate that you killed? Which one did you no, put in the, the blender? The, that was separate. Was it the English one? Um, no, was... it wasn't the English one. That was... Uh, Oh, that was the anchovy. Those one. were some of the uh, 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 roommates I found online. Mm, yep, yep, yep. Never, never, never get that roommate off Craigslist, uh, boys and girls. Don't do it. Uh, one of them could be a member of the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. But um, no, no, definitely. They, and it they could be Killer Peter Croc, Calvary. and that would be awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you'd have BET at least. <laughs> um. They they definitely casted Peter Capaldi because he had a like his his whole kind of role was boiled down to having one speech, yeah. uh, like one kind of like yeah you fucking thought you were the good guys here kind of speech, and I'm like yeah James Gunn saw Doctor Who and he's like get me that man I I've got a fucking speech for him. <laughs> yeah, so um, I uh, I liked Harley Quinn in this movie a lot, uh, and I. I feel like they just... Well, I guess they did that fine in Birds of Prey as well. I feel like this movie in particular, though, her her skill set comes across as less obnoxious. Because I, like, I don't like that Harley Quinn is a superhero now, um, generally mm-hmm. speaking. And usually when she turns up in, like, comic books and stuff... Uh, and, and she's, like, taking out bad guys. I'm like, but why, when did she learn to fight like that? Like, at what point in her personal history did she uh, be, become, like, a fucking Green Beret? She's a psychiatrist, <laughs> and then she went crazy and started sleeping with the Joker. I don't know where, like, solid karate skills come into that equation, but... I uh, think... L- listen, listen. If you're gonna be a fucking... Uh psychiatrist in gotham city like i'm pretty sure you need at least one black belt to qualify (laughs) possibly yeah i guess that makes sense um what i liked most about harley quinn in this movie though is her personality um because this is something that i also go back and forth with in the comics i don't like that we need to make harley quinn a hero I think that we should... We've talked about this on the podcast before at length. Um, it just seems weird that like they're always trying to make her a good guy now um, mm-hmm. just because she's popular. It's as if they're saying, like, oh, well, you know, she's our most popular female character. She can't be a bad guy. But it's like you never say that about oh, the Joker. Like, the Joker's also obscenely popular. And you're never like, oh, well, we need to make this Joker hero story all of a sudden. Well, that's that's kind of where the line blurs with that Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, because uh, he's propped up as the uh, the Messiah speaking truth. Um, kind of, but like, I would argue that 
I don't know. There's nothing that you would want anyone to emulate about him in that movie. I'm sure that there are people that that do and that want do, to. But... No, I mean like his conversation about the world just being too mean mm-hmm. now, uh, and everyone like pointing to that and like retweeting it, being like, "Yeah, look, the Joker's right." And like, that's never something you should be saying. Right. Um, it's rally behind the Joker. But I'm. Yeah. No. But I mean, like. Uh, th- there were moments where, like, Harley Quinn still, like, she really felt like Harley Quinn in this, and that was after uh, that night she had with the general, and he was mid-bad guy speech, mm-hmm. and she shoots him in the chest. Yeah. Um, and it was, that was great, and it was, it was kind of, it was a wonderful little character moment. She's like, I promised myself there's going to be any red flags, you know, killing children, a bit of a red flag. Yeah. Um, and then she, there, there is that moment where the, uh, the psychoticness does come out and she's like you know you're 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 really cute and all and r.i.p to that monster between your legs but <laughs> i can't help but think you look better like this yeah and i'm like yep that's the crazy mm-hmm. that's the crazy yeah they strike a good balance so it, of making her still a bad guy but still functioning as a protagonist in the film um, yeah like it, it was a it was a great balance yeah the thing that didn't it's, work it, for me about birds of prey uh I think it was better in Birds of Prey. She still comes across as as, as wacky and, and crazy in that movie, despite mm-hmm. being the protagonist of the film. Um, in Suicide Squad, I really didn't like it. The, the original Suicide Squad, where it's just like, she's just randomly deciding that she wants to rise above the Joker for no particular reason. After he well, saved her, too. I mean, in too. that movie, kind of <laughs> had to like hit you over the head with the fact that they're they're supposed to be villains like mm-hmm. just by like you know we're bad guys it's what we do and it, it just kind of felt like you were being bludgeoned with a point that the movie couldn't prove so they had to tell you yeah and it was weird um it's another thing that's wildly inconsistent with that movie is she she decides to like rip off her joker necklace or whatever it is and throw it away but then she immediately goes back to the joker when he shows up at the end in the stinger um, so I don't know what her arc did, did is. Did you catch that line in, in the beginning uh, of this new Suicide Squad where um, Captain Boomerang was just like, hey, Holly, like, what'd they get you in for? And she's like, oh, I had road rage in a, a bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I caught that. That was funny. Um, like, her jokes landed more in this one than the other one. Like, All of the jokes landed more in this one. Yeah. Um, but I feel like she wasn't Again, actually... Again, there's only like, like two or three that didn't land on, on repeat viewings. I, I can't remember myself laughing at anything Harley said in the first movie. Whereas I found... I, 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 all of her jokes kind of landed in this one. <laughs> I'm supposed to carry it, but he didn't say for what. <laughs> there she starts slapping. <laughs> yeah. Wake up! He's like, Jesus yeah, Christ. No. He's like, yeah, him or any of them, really. Um, oh god, did you did you get uh gross chills when she jumped into Starro's eyeball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was fucking gross. Yeah. That that whole thing and like the rats climb into the eyeball and start eating the eyeball from the inside out, I'm like, oh this this makes me uncomfortable. Gross, this yeah. made me more uncomfortable than seeing like the people cut in half and like the faces peeled off mm-hmm. in uh the thinker's lab. Yeah, rats are pretty gross, man. Uh but they have, uh, they serve a purpose, I guess. Yeah, so do we. So do we. I Even certainly don't. Fucking, yeah, and the <laughs> purpose is just about bullshit on the internet. Yeah. Welcome to Off Time Jive, everyone. <laughs> Subcategory bullshit on the internet. Topics today. 
movies? Question mark, kind of. Yeah, that you know that scene um, where they're like interrogating Peter. Well, they're giving him his uh, his list of rules. Like that's in the trailer. That made me like almost mildly cringe in the trailer when she's like, uh, um, if, "If we find out that you have plate? personalized license plates, you die." Uh, I was like, "Oh, this seems like." I don't know why it worked in the movie, but it didn't work in the trailer. I guess in context of it, I was thinking that it was something that it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know why it didn't land. But it did in the movie. Yeah, and then no, she's there, like, I a, am walking a, back a, and forth. There's a there's a lot of things that, that land that I didn't think they would. Another another one of the jokes is uh you know, in the setup when they're gonna go rescue Harley Quinn and you know, they're like, oh, you know, you know, second floor is clear, it's like there's no one in the third entrance and then it cuts to uh King Shark and she's like Bird. Yeah. Like, no, no way. Stay off the cons. Yeah. Uh, I like to. He's, he's one of the best things in the movie. Um, and yeah, I thought he was going to get they killed, tiresome. Uh, they killed Rick Flag, um, which will be interesting to see going. Like I, I kind of expected them to kill Rick Flag because Rick Flag does die in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it's because it's always kind of that moment where like the, the squad becomes unhinged and the cards on the table and you kind of got to see what happens. Um, but like Rick Flag was like the straight man. Yeah. Uh, you know, like he was the 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 immovable, like the the no nonsense, like kind of. So it'll be interesting seeing like the the contrast going forward if they choose to do another one. Which I know James Gunn is going back to Marvel and doing a third Guardian. So it'll it'll again be interesting if he returns to do another Suicide Squad movie. Um, at which point they'll add a second the. Yeah, the James the Suicide, Gunn's the, the Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um. Yeah, no, it'll, I mean, you know, he did a fantastic job with all these characters and giving them all something to do uh, in this movie. It'll be interesting to see what kind of rogues gallery he picks next. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's yeah. there's also so many times I feel like these kind of gags can land. Because, I mean, you can't do the whole kill off that fake squad in the beginning a second time around, right? Yeah, well, I feel like a lot of the material that worked well in this movie is kind of burnt up in this movie. Because so much of it is... A, somewhat of a commentary on the last movie. And, yeah. I, like, you could still make a, a good movie in the next time around. You just have to, you know, where you can't, like, lean on a formula. And I like that, because it will challenge him if he does uh, decide to return. Although I have heard that they, like, they're they saying this is underperforming, and I don't think that that's true. I don't believe it. Um, I feel like it's just because it's on HBO Max. <laughs> so, yeah, like, the box office numbers aren't going to be bigger than movies were in this pre-COVID world, but uh, I'm sure people are watching it, right? And you don't even have, like, with Black Widow, to watch it at home, you had to pay an extra 30 bucks. Like, it wasn't just on Disney+, Plus, from what I understand. Yeah, and that, and that one still... Did that did that perform? Did that break any... I, I no. mean, I feel like we, we, we always used to be here being like, you know, this movie broke Thursday records, or Friday pre-sales, or weekend openings, or weekend openings for, like, a PG-13 movie, or, or some bullshit like this. I've heard jack nor shit about Black Widow doing any of the such. No, there was another thing that underperformed. Um, uh, it. People keep saying, like, Kong vs. Godzilla did really well. One of the things, one of the reasons that is, is it did really well in China. The box office numbers mm. in America and everywhere else have been low, but that doesn't mean that people didn't see and like the movie. It just means that they watched it at home because this is this new paradigm. I don't know how they're going to go about this because, like, we never hear, like, about what does well and what does not do well on, like, Netflix, right? They never release their numbers for anything. 
Um, we only know the success of a Netflix show via Based word on of mouth. Returns for like a second, third season. That and like whether, because I feel like people talk about stuff like Stranger Things um, really positively, and you would have to assume that that's a, a franchise that's taken in a lot of money, but we we don't know what the figures are like at all. Um, well, we don't know how and we don't know why because I'm assuming it's just based off of uh, viewing statistics uh, yeah. which if I remember correctly uh, like the Zack Snyder Justice League there's a large statistic like there's a statistical drop off of people who started the movie and then didn't finish it yeah I was talking about that um, with somebody recently apparently a lot of people start it and, and don't finish uh, they, they get to the they get to the scene of the, yeah, the woman singing the, for five minutes as Aquaman singing. disappears into the water and they're like I can't do this like not no, for four and a half like, hours. Oh no, it's everything I feared it would be, and then click. Um, no, that I mean that makes perfect sense to me. If if I heard the same thing about this, like hearing that people turn it off after twenty minutes, I would be very surprised. Um, yeah, no, this is a very it's a very easy movie to watch, very consumable film. Mm-hmm. Man, you, you know it's like one of the most upsetting things about that Zack Snyder Justice League movie. I mean, there, there are a few things that are upsetting and a few things that don't work. Uh, but the most upsetting thing, I feel like, is um, it, it makes me excited for all these characters. And it makes me think, like, oh, my God, I want to see more of Aquaman and more of Wonder Woman. And then I go back and, like, oh, I saw those movies. And no, that is apparently not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about that during this, like, with the King Shark character. I was like, huh. I wonder, like, what... Because if he descends from a race of gods, although they're not even really committal with that, like, that might be a thing. Um, I wonder what the Atlanteans think about these these human shark characters. Well, it's also one of those things I was thinking, like, you see how much fucking damage he takes in this movie. I'm like, how the fuck did you capture him in the first place? How did you have him in a jail? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why did you have him in a jail? Uh, I was thinking about that with the weasel, too. Like, obviously his crime is what it is, but, like, he didn't come across as human, so I don't know why you would put him in a human jail. Um, yeah. He doesn't, like, talk or say anything. He just, he seems like an animal that happens to be, uh, you know, bipedal and walk on two legs. Who's, I guess, just apparently out in the wilderness now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gonna have but, his own adventure. I hope he gets a spinoff. Well, I mean, we know Peacemaker is getting an HBO Max series, so that'll be interesting to see. I'm mainly kind of interested to see like if you can make that character like a main character, because uh, he works really well, um, mostly in like juxtaposition and in comparison to like you know like Bloodsport, um, because they do have like some pretty good banter. Um, it'll be interesting to see like how he does on his own. Um, John Cena, wonderful, delightful performance, uh, incredibly charismatic. Uh, I, you know, I, I kind of didn't expect that they'd go so hard with his character in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you can kind of see it, like, in between, like, the conflict between, like, him and Rick Flagg and him and Bloodsport. Uh, but I didn't think that they'd be like, oh, no, he's going to be the one to kill Rick Flagg. Yeah. So I was like, oh, all right, okay, cool. Yeah, they go straight villain on him, and... Uh... It'll be interesting to see moving forward in that, that TV show, like, what that is. Because it, it does seem like he's a character that exists well in this movie, but I don't know, like, what you would do if you were going to give him a spinoff, how you would play it. Like, the Incredible Hulk problem. Right. Because, well, it's it's just that, like, the tone of this movie is what it is. Um, you would either have to have the exact same tone, or it's going to feel like a different character. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't really and, see, and like, a straight laced version of that character. Yeah, I, I don't know if James Gunn is involved with the Peacemaker series mm-hmm. in any capacity. Um, but, I mean, I mean, clearly, like, you know, they found John Cena fun to work with, and they're like, you yeah. know what, fuck it, we can, we can do this. Um, I don't know, we'll see. My only concern with something like that would be that if they, like, I don't want this to be the new DC formula. Um, because, A, it's going to, if you get a lesser talented director, it's not going to work. And B, yeah. it's like, it, it's so stylized and specific that I feel like I'm going to get sick of it really fast if, like, I have to watch another six inferior versions of this movie. Um, especially when they start spinning off to different characters and different worlds. Like, I really like the idea that we're going to have multiple tones for the DC universe. Um, even if you're going to keep them set in the same world, ostensibly. Because, like, it is strange to me that Marvel feels the need for every movie to look and feel the same. Because, like, that's not how we experience the world as human beings. Like, the world through my eyes isn't going to look exactly the same as the world through your eyes. I mean, yeah, physically it will. But, like, if you have a different personality, you're not going to interpret things in the same way. So you're not going to have the same... um, You're not going to come to the same conclusions as somebody else. Like, you might have a person that's very happy and another person that's very morose. Like, the world has different facets to it. the kind of uh, exploration uh, that you'd get with, like, back when Netflix had Marvel properties. Yeah. Or even with FX's, like, Legion series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there are a few Marvel's TV shows I haven't watched. I didn't watch The Gifted, which I don't think anyone remembers. Uh, I sure don't. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's another X-Men series with... Yeah, they had 50 that. million of those, um, though, but those were, like, FX X-Men, right? Yeah, well, one was on FX, and another was on another, like, Fox subsidiary channel. Right, okay. Because so uh, yeah, Legion Fox was on FX, actually. and I think this other one was on something different. Right. Uh, I think it's probably on Fox. And Gotham was on Fox, too. Um, That's my favorite X-Men God. show. God, fucking Gotham. Um, <clears throat> I forgot where I was going with this. But, I mean, like, I mean, like you know, Legion had a very, very different tone. Uh, you know, Daredevil, Jessica Jones had very, very diff- different tones. Um, and you'd kind of hope that they'd lean more towards, like, the wacky, weirder stuff with their television series, and then, you know, Loki comes out, and it's kind of more of the Marvel same, and, mm-hmm. I don't know, it, I don't know, it, again, like, it's gotta fit in with the, uh, the tone and the aesthetic, and everything's gotta be, you know, like, action-y and funny, but not too funny, but, you know, funny enough sometimes, but yeah, not too serious. Gotta... You know, I noticed um, something watching this and feeling like, why does this feel different than the other ones? Um, I don't know if it was... I don't know why this happened in Guardians of the Galaxy so much, but it, it, it's it's pretty much a Marvel trope at this point, where they have the tendency to gild the lily, but which I mean, um, if you have like a humorous segment, uh, they try to follow it up with another joke. Like, you'll have a joke, that I'll laugh at, and it'll land. And then they'll immediately follow it up with another joke, kind of just to, like, give another character a moment or something. But then when they do that, yeah. it's like it kills the first joke. I'm like, oh, this isn't funny anymore. I feel like well, that consistently that, like, happens. It can in kill Guardians the momentum of the, of the scene, like, depending. In Guardians of the Galaxy, also <coughs> felt, I only saw the first one, mind you, but it, it felt like it was horrified to have any 
like drama because the drama immediately had to be undercut with a joke if something happened. Um, and I do mean undercut, like it, 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 it takes away from the value of, of the dramatic moment that you just had. I do that in Marvel a lot. Like someone will die and then another person will fart. That's basically the... <laughs> you, can't, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. You just need them both. Powerful sad, powerful laugh, powerful light, powerful dark. That happened someone a couple dies, of times in this movie, fart. but it nothing to the extent that it took me out of, of it. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, because I did consciously say that to myself as I was watching the movie. I was like, oh, that they didn't need that extra joke there. Yeah. But I can't think of it. But anyways... Final thoughts? Suicide Squad? Very good. Go see it. Go watch it in a movie theater if you're not afraid of COVID. Um, or watch it on HBO Max like a normal person. Yeah, like a safe person. Yeah. It's not even safe. Um, like, I, I'm just yeah, lazy. I, I don't want to leave the house. I'd, uh, I'd, see, I'm, I'm, I'm hard, like, this is one of those ones where it's like, I'm hard-pressed to recommend it to everyone go see it, because I know that everyone's gonna, like, there's gonna be some people who are like, that was too violent, and that was too, um... Fuck it, I had a good time. It was an enjoyable watch. Uh, it held up for the most part the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, more so than either the Guardians of the Galaxy movies did, I feel. Yeah. Um, fun time. Fun time. Uh, it, it, I kind of curse its existence because now I'm like, maybe I should go back and watch that 2016 uh, Suicide <laughs> Squad movie. Uh, and nah, probably not. Um, I feel like I should have watched it before we recorded this, but I don't... We could have. But I don't feel the need to ever watch that movie again. (laughs) um, Yeah, no, same. Honestly, same. But, thank you for joining us. Once again, uh, my name is Michael Holler. My name is Tyler Andrew Pino, and get out of my house! Get out of my house!